What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mike Janella Show. It is Mike here, and this week it's been... I've been talking so much sports lately on the show. I think going back the last, like, three or four episodes is all sports stuff. Guys, I know a lot more than just that, so I wanted to bring in somebody from a different perspective, different part of the world, uh, literally and figuratively. And so now I want to introduce to you... And you'll have to correct me. I think I got this right. This is what the internet says, Courtney. Uh, an agent at uh, International Television and Media Department for ICM Partners, Courtney Katzel. Is that check out? That is accurate. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for coming on. We definitely do appreciate it. You're out in L.A., so we're doing this by coastal So before we get into you and everything, put me in the environment. I'm imagining... LA, you know, Hollywood, working in the agent's office, it's all windows, floor to ceiling, sunshine coming in, all your furniture's white. Uh, is that accurate or am I totally stereotyping right now? That's 100% right. I have Lloyd answering my phone. I'm rolling <laughs> calls from the back of a limo. That is, uh, that's totally spot on. So Entourage got everything correct. That's, uh, that's what I figured and I figured that's how I did most of my research for this was basically just <laughs> binging on season five. Um, Smart. Yeah, do what I can. Um, that's part of what I wanted to talk to you about because I think a lot of people, when they think of you know an agent that works in in media, especially on the West Coast, they think an Ari Gold or somebody like that. So uh, we'll get to the differences about you know between perception and reality in a little bit. But first, uh, you know, I kind of gave your I threw out your business card. What that says, but uh, what does it mean? What does it do? Tell us about your company, about you. Give us a little bit of background. Sure. So I'm a television agent focusing on unscripted TV for the most part. So I represent production companies, showrunner, executive producers, and talent uh, in the unscripted landscape. So that's everyone from hosts to comedians to chefs to stylists. Um, Whatever your favorite unscripted shows, whether they're guilty pleasures or on CNN, my clients have most likely had a hand in them. So that's sort of my day-to-day, and with so many companies crossing over into scripted and digital from the unscripted side, um, I've definitely started to get myself immersed in those worlds as well. Can you... Um, with rec- go ahead. No, no, go ahead, please. I don't want to impinge on any thought processes you had. Let the train keep rolling. <laughs> I got questions for days, so you, whatever you want to say, you say, because trust me, I'm going to have plenty. Oh, I cannot wait for those. Um, And just with regards to the company, you know, ICM Partners is one of the major agencies in L.A. They bought back the company from private equity uh, about three and a half years ago. So now we're wholly owned by the partners, by our employees. So having worked at a couple of agencies prior to being here, it's definitely a very different environment and one that I am very happy to be in. This is your, I guess, minute or two, if you'd like, to, it's kind of the name drop zone. So can you run through any specific clients, people you work with, to give folks an idea specifically of the, ki- the types of people and entities you mentioned before in a general sense? Sure. So name dropping in unscripted television, I don't know how impressive that will be. <laughs> um, but, you know, the folks behind Undercover Boss, America's Next Top Model, Bourdain on CNN, um, Duck Dynasty, Grizzly Knows Best, So You Think You Can Dance. Those are all my clients. I represent all of those production companies. Um, So that takes the majority of my time. And having come, like you, from a journalism school background, 
that's part of the business that I really like is being able to be creative with those kinds of clients. So that's become a focus. Um, and then with regards to sort of the fringe people that I represent, um, I not only represent talent, but I represent some brands like Dry Bar, which if you have a lucky lady in your life or any of your listeners do, they will certainly know what Dry Bar is. It's a blowout bar chain that's all around the country. I was about to say, I have no idea what that is, but then you explained why, because I'm just a single bachelor with no lady in my life. So yeah, that, your hair that probably isn't quite long enough, but you know, <laughs> fingers crossed you can change that. Just let me know. I can get you a blowout. Oh, good to know. And a lot of those producers are also talent. You know, Nigel Lithgow uh, is the executive producer of So You Think You Can Dance, and he's obviously on camera as well. So a lot of them have, uh, well, some of them had made, have made the successful transition on camera. Others are just remain hopeful that one day they'll get their Andy Cohen moment. <laughs> that's all. That's all. The only reason any of us wake up in the morning is to have our Andy Cohen moment. Um, Trust me, I keep hoping someone's going to discover me, but <laughs> no luck so far. Well, maybe this may be it. This could be the breakout podcast that this gets you. This is my moment. Get you your shine. So, <laughs> so tell me how you got there, because um, you know, you and I, as you mentioned, you alluded to, we come from you know journalism school background, uh, both out of Syracuse. What else is new in the media industry? Um, how'd you get to being <laughs> where you are, though? What's uh, what's been the Courtney path? The Courtney path. Well, it's uh, it started many years ago. I always knew I wanted to go to journalism school, and Syracuse was always at the top of the list. So, you know, I, I certainly owe a lot of my success to Newhouse. I would say. I um, I was able to do a lot of great internships while I was still at school. I worked for NBC at the Olympics in Athens and Torino, and I worked for Regis and Kelly at the time and really enjoyed production but quickly realized that I could be 50 years old in the exact same position with no health care, schlepping camera equipment all over the world. And so I sort of had to reassess what my priorities were. And I was ultimately, for my first job out of school, deciding whether I wanted to do the PAGE program at NBC in New York or whether I wanted to start at an agency. And knowing that I always, I was the probably one student that ever actually liked comm law, entertainment law at Syracuse, <laughs> I, uh, I thought that the mailroom at William Morris might be a good place to start. It integrated business and entertainment and the creative aspect. And that was something I always really enjoyed. So... I started there literally pushing a mail cart in five-inch stilettos, and on my first day, I had to go up to Harlem to get one of the partner's laundry and sort of rethought my decision and all of the money that my parents had invested in my college education. And, and, and you gave said, up the whole NBC page uniform for that. You're probably uh, thinking I that. I know, although that was actually probably the deciding factor in why I didn't become a page was that <laughs> uniform, but... Um, you know, you quickly get put into your place and realize that there is a lot of climbing up a very, very tall ladder that you have to do. So after a couple of weeks in the mailroom, I decided that I wanted out. <laughs> and the first desk that opened in an area that was somewhat of interest was in television. It was actually news TV, unscripted, um, really focusing on local newscasters, which is kind of a dying business. But it felt like a good opportunity. I took the desk, I was offered it, and I think it was open and available because everyone else who had been at the company more than two weeks knew that this was not the person to work for. Hmm. But uh, I was the happy recipient of that gift and worked for him, learned a lot of how to and to not run my business, which is a very valuable lesson. And after about 10 months, went over to work for 
another agent who focused on production companies and unscripted. And, you know, during this time, I would never say unscripted TV was my passion, but I quickly learned that most of the other areas of the agency didn't allow you to be both creative and business-minded. It was a lot of just bookings or just negotiating or just slotting people into pre-existing roles. And that was something that was so appealing to me about Unscripted because you really get to work with your clients to, to shape the pitch, to take it to multiple outlets, to help figure out how to sell it to specific networks. And I really enjoyed that part of it um, while I was being demeaned on a daily basis and answering a phone. But, you know, that's all part of the process. Well, that's a nice so, way to put it. <laughs> Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and this is this is a longish story, so please interrupt me if you will. But uh, at the time, the writer's strike happened, Endeavor bought out William Morris, the merger happened, and um, my boss decided to go over to CAA, took me with him. I was there for a while. Uh, they moved me out to Los Angeles and were, were ready to promote me. And as wonderful and fantastic as CAA is, there is a long process there to kind of go up the ladder, which my boss at the time wasn't aware of. So off of his desk, he helped me get some offers to be an agent, actually, at a few other companies. Um, and so I took the opportunity to, to jump ship rather than wait three more years of being an assistant and go try to figure out if this is actually something I wanted to do in the first place. Um, you can listen to people's phone conversations. You can read red line deals. You can sort of picture yourself doing the job that you've been watching someone else do, but I don't really think you know until you're thrown into this. <laughs> oh, pardon me. I have to bleep. Right, um, first, first bleep of the, uh, of the first episode. Bleep. <laughs> I made it longer than I thought I would. Yeah. Um, so I, I went over to another agency and, you know, it was a great experience. I learned that while that particular place probably wasn't going to be the place for me to grow my career to the extent that I wanted to. Um, I learned that I loved being an agent and coincidentally was really good at it. So it was, a, it was a growing experience and I was there about a year and had to figure out how to make a phone ring that didn't ring on its own. I had to <laughs> take someone out to every meal of the day and somehow figure out how to make it work with my tiny little expense account. Um, make people want to send me clients, make people like me and trust me and you know, it's a it's a bit of a popularity contest. So figuring out how to be popular in the agency landscape. How does that work? Because I think what a lot of people, any agent you ever hear of, by the time they become mainstream enough to name drop, or it's a TV character, a movie character, whatever, they're already usually the high powered. You know, been in town for twenty years. Everybody's trying to get knock their door down. How how do people come to you? Do you go out to places to try and find undiscovered it's a talent? Bit of how does everything. it work? You know, when you start, it's it's honestly a lot of cold calling. And at the end of the day, everyone likes to feel special. And everyone, I think out of the 1,000 people I called, 999 said yes to going out to breakfast, lunch, dinner, or a drink. People love to be treated. Yeah, they love free um, food, free drinks. So yeah, They love free food and free drinks. So use that as your, your calling card, your bargaining chip, if you will. And I think part of this business, to be an agent, and, and look, everyone plays the agent card very differently. And I think the biggest compliment I've ever gotten is that I am the most unagenty agent that anyone's ever met. Hey, take uh, you that. Have to figure yeah. out, I, I know. I will take it. I think you have to figure out what game you want to play. And if you want to be authentic and genuine and represent your clients in a very honest way, that's sort of how I've decided to do my business. And then, Or you can be 
Ari, and that <laughs> works for some people. It wasn't it wasn't what worked for me. So I think you earn people's trust. You get people to um, to like and relate to you, and beyond that, you just bust your ass. I mean, there's no secret. You have to work really, really hard in this business, and you're working too many hours a day. You're comforting too many clients. You're foregoing your personal life to do this job if you don't actually love it. So that's a you know it's a very important part of of what we do. It's it's a huge commitment. You're really you're certainly sacrificing a lot to to get success in the early years, particularly. So you have to be incredibly dedicated. So what is what is the biggest difference between what people may think being an agent is like? And it's probably Ari Gold, like we've alluded to a couple times. What's the <laughs> biggest difference between that perception and what your day to day life is actually like? Uh, I would. That's an interesting question. It's not particularly glamorous, probably. Although I, I say that having gone to the Emmys a few weeks ago. Yeah, I've seen um, some of your picks online. But, you can't really play that card. Well, you know, it's it's the Jewish mother cards who wants to post every photo of me that has ever been taken. Um, you know, I think that there is a bit of a gloss over over the the job and I think that that can be true especially people who work in in talent I think that's the perception at the end of the day we are completely accountable for our clients livelihood and sometimes that means getting a little down and dirty it's not always lovely and uh, you're not always playing nice and you don't always have the most glamorous of of lives but ultimately it, it certainly pays off what what do you consider a payoff? Like, what makes you say, "Man, this was a great day today," or "Wow, that was an amazing year. I really crushed it." What's kind of in it for you personally, out of a career? I mean, beyond the money. No, I'm just kidding. I think that's you, under- understood. Of. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> look, you wouldn't be an agent if you didn't like money. But I think the wins are really, and unfortunately, the wins are are far less frequent than the losses. Um, it's it's really just that call where you get to finally pick up the phone and call your client with some good news. It's incredibly rewarding when you get a series order, when you get a pickup on something that you've worked so hard with your clients, sometimes for years to make happen, or that first big break for, for a comedian, getting them on a major broadcast show, and you finally feel like you have good taste. All of that work was worth it, that you spotted something that you were incredibly passionate about, and finally sort of what you knew ultimately in your head you wanted to happen actually came to fruition. And being an agent, you really have to savor those moments because, as I said earlier, the passes and the really difficult conversations are far more frequent than the the fun ones. It's almost kind of like a very paternal or maternal kind of feeling, isn't it? You have this, these people you're trying to nurture to success, and there's a lot of falling off the bike, but finally you learn how to ride without training wheels. It and is, mom it is to a proud. certain extent. It is to a certain extent. I think it also goes back to how you agent, but there's certainly um, a nurturing element and there's certainly a, a, an amount of pride that goes along with with finding success for your client. I think everyone, as I said, agents differently. I think female agents tend to fall into that very mothering maternal camp or the bitch camp. I think I've managed to find a, a place somewhere in the middle because I think you have to be very careful of falling into those buckets. Mm-hmm. But there certainly is something to be said for that that kind of pride that you feel when at the end of the day you can pick up the phone and make a make a positive make a positive change, make a good phone call, make someone happy and get that commission like you said that's important too and get that commission, hopefully <laughs> a package uh, people 
obviously you always hear about the talent. You hear about the comedian who gets the show picked up or you get the showrunner who finally has the series order. At what point in that person in sort of a talent's career path do you as an agent come in? When do you start becoming a reality and helping them get where they want to be? You know, it really varies. We're, we're lucky that uh, at this level a lot of our clients are coming through referral, which means that they – either already have a show on the air or have had some sort of level of success. It makes our jobs a lot easier, obviously, when there's a proven track record. But sometimes you'll we'll see someone who has a really strong branding background, has made some great, you know, worked with some great advertising campaigns, or has a blog that we really believe in, or is on a YouTube channel that for some inexplicable reason has 7 million hits. And, and then you use that as a launching board. I think it, it really varies. It's Sometimes you have passion projects who really don't have much under your belt, and for some reason you've been introduced to them and you decide to bring them on. And then other times it's you know it's people who really feel like they have a horse in the race, like they're ready to kind of elevate their careers to that next level and, and are ready to bring on someone to help them both develop and do their deals and establish those or improve those relationships with networks. Um, and then one of the most fun things to do is to poach clients. So Ooh, it's, um, sounds scandalous. It's, it's super scandalous. It's um, it's always a, a good time. You know, people are constantly doing it to us. It's it's a bit of a game. Um, you know, I'm I was an athlete growing up, and I think you have to have that hunger and drive doing this job. And I think that's part of it. When you see something you want, it's you know, what are you going to do to go after it and to get it? So that's always that's always a fun part of the game. So what type of person? Is cut out for this type of work. What qualities, if anyone out is listening right now thinking, huh, Hollywood agent sounds like fun, what do you think are the personality traits, the qualities that you need to be to be in your shoes? Uh, someone who's ready to have no personal life, someone who's a super <laughs> good liar, someone, no, um, honestly, just someone who's very, who's very driven, who is willing to sacrifice kind of not their well-being, but their, their day-to-day on behalf of someone else because you're passionate and you want to fight and you want to win. I think being an agent is a, tends to be a very specific kind of person, and the, the, one, the one thing we all have in common, no matter what our methods are, is just that desire to win and that unwillingness to back down. And I think that certainly that translates to a lot of different careers, but if entertainment is something that's of interest to you, if, if kind of that fire is enticing to you, and you're willing to put in those years of working your way up the ladder because there really is no shortcut in this business, um, then I think it's, it's definitely something to career, uh, it's a, excuse me, a career to consider. All right. That's all the boring, professional, hard work, you know, <laughs> all that stuff. Let's talk some fun stuff. You you mentioned the Let's Emmys. You were just there. There's got to be a whole bunch of other perks the job affords you, other opportunities. Give me, just give me, make us jealous. What are some of the cool things you get to do because of your line of work? Oh, my goodness. Um, you know, it, there is a ton of fun stuff, and sometimes you have to have a reality check. Like, this is really cool <laughs> that I get to do. I mean, whether it's the Emmys or seeing live performances of of the shows that um, millions of Americans would die to go to, or you know, being courtside um, at a basketball game with one of your clients, or you know, just getting to travel to awesome places and meet great people, and you know, it, uh, some days it definitely makes all the hard work worth it. Certainly. Um, I was I was recently at a game with one of my clients, and I am a diehard New York Giants fan. And uh, 
probably the one of the only chicks on the planet who would recognize a cornerback for the New York Giants without <laughs> his number or his helmet on, and uh, definitely was able to pursue that connection not in a sexual way, just in a fanatical right. way. Nice, friendly, um, professional way. I get it. Totally, one hundred percent professional way. Um, that was super fun. I mean, you get to you get to meet people that you certainly otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity to meet. Um, some of whom are incredibly disappointing, and others are are awesome, and and you feel really lucky to be able to be in that situation. Right. This isn't the kind of show. Uh, I'm not the Howard Stern, Mark Maron type, where I'm going to ask you to name someone that really disappointed you in real life. We try and keep it positive. Oh, so let's right. let's spin it. Who's someone that you maybe built up in your head that you never met before that you had the chance to through one of these opportunities, and you thought, wow, they actually lived up to my expectations, or maybe were even oh. better. That's an excellent question, Mike. Um, this is the only kind of questions I know how to ask, Courtney. <laughs> excellent. Well, Syracuse trained you so that's well. That's true. We paid enough money for it, let me tell you. It's, that's so true. Who is a person who lived up to the hype? Um, Lady Gaga was awesome, I have uh. to say. You never know what you're going to get with that one. I feel like maybe I just got her on a, a good night. But uh, she was she was very cool. Um who else? I feel like I'm really disappointing you with these answers. <laughs> who else was awesome who I got to meet? Um, oh, I almost died when I met Amy Poehler. I mean, that was that was it for me. It's like major, major girl crush, and she was as awesome as anyone else could, could imagine. Um, I tried to get her to hire me. I mean, forget this agency thing. It's like, do you need a nanny, a <laughs> car washer, for literally anything. a car driver? Do me? <laughs> um, I think I creeped her out a little bit, but she was still very, very nice. Um, who else? Honestly, celebrities are generally more disappointing than not. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you meet one that actually will give you the time of day and is actually incredibly pleasant, it's, it's always a very exciting thing. What That's maybe one misconception. Maybe not now that people have a lot more access to celebrity news and kind of them behind the scenes. But what's the biggest misconception about the Hollywood life and those celebrity circles and the media circles that people may think is different behind the scenes than it really is? Um, they're all incredibly short. <laughs> they <laughs> so all have so other people true. do everything for them. Uh, what I feel like all of the misconceptions in, in kind of the age of social media have been shattered. Yeah. I think when uh, there's, there's very little faking it anymore. Uh, I think that there's too much media coverage for anyone to, to really lie successfully, certainly to the media. All right. So uh, min- Misconceptions, I don't know. Us, you know, they're just like us. Yeah, they're not really. I don't, I don't know. They're, well, they're not really. It's like the one thing I, think, I thought I saw some meme somewhere was like, you have the same amount of hours in the day as Beyonce or somebody. And look how much she can get done was basically what it's trying to say. It's like, yeah, but she also has her three assistants, her Yeah, she has uh, 100 people chef. getting that stuff done for her. Yeah, I got to shave my own face in the morning. I don't have someone doing that for me, so... Totally. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't have to shave my face yet, but <laughs> I have a lot of other stuff to do, so... Um, I think Beyonce is certainly deserving of all of her praise, but you know, a few more people could help me get a few more things done in the day as well. So where where does it go for you from here? What's sort of the career track path, golden ring, or is there not one when you look five, oh, ten years down the road? You've, 
Mike, have you been talking to my mother? Um, <laughs> that was I, a pre-interview. I called her up right before. That was a pre-interview. We did, yeah. We're talking about your fifth Nicely grade dance done. coming up next, so be ready for that. <laughs> Perfect. Well, I wore this excellent pink dress. Um, in terms of what's next, honestly, I'm just loving what I'm doing right now. I want to continue to work with people I'm incredibly passionate about, and I know that's a boring and, and sort of pat answer, but um, I would love to, to just continue to work with bigger and better people, sell more shows, continue to work with people I'm passionate about, continue expanding my business into sort of unexpected but really exciting places and, you know, hopefully run the company but one day. But that's down the line, <laughs> so I'm not going to worry about that quite yet. Yeah, it's when you get the name or you're the initial in the, in the name, like a Sterling Cooper, Draper Price thing or something like that. Exactly, exactly. I'll just keep waiting for that one. All right, so we're going to do a little speed round here, so a couple quick hitters. Okay. Um, so feel okay. free to answer them in as much or as little depth as you want. Uh, okay. If you have to single out one of the perks of your job, which would you say is the best perk that you get for being who you are? Hmm. Free sparkling water every day. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Is it the, uh, the, temp the temperature that you want, too, down to the degree? You told me speed round, so that's really the, the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. If, if you can't think of anything better, sparkling water, everyone's thirsty. You got to drink. Um, I think so. <laughs> you're you're an East Coast, a New York girl. Were you born and raised in the city, Westchester? I forget. Uh, that's uh, you're really Westchester, there, huh? Um, it's, no, it's, I'm I was thinking boroughs immediately outside, and that was the first one I could think of. My parents are actually in the city, um, okay. so I grew up in in San Francisco and uh, and in the city, Upper West Side, kind of bouncing back and forth. Upper West, gotcha. I knew it was something north of where Not I Not a Westchester girl, yeah. come on. <laughs> I should have known better. You deserve more credit than that. Come so on. We're getting to the real question. That was just uh, making sure that I knew what I was talking about. Uh, obviously, I didn't. What's the, what's the one thing you miss most about being back here? Oh, everything. Honestly, I mean, LA is, is lovely and the weather is good and people seem to be either very happy or very well medicated, but... New York has everything. There's just so much to do. You're never bored for a moment. Um, just the, the, the life in the city, it's, it's just the best place in the world, in my opinion. Plus, the guys dress much, much, much better. You know, if I have to see another flip-flop or cargo pant, I'm going to lose it. Really? I would have thought it would be the opposite, kind of like, uh, maybe I'm thinking Miami and more of that beach chic, but I thought L.A. would bring a no. little bit of heat. There's no beach chic. There's just out-of-work actors. I, when I used to, I don't travel out there so much anymore, but when I was working for Guinness World Records, uh, my last job, I'd go to California a lot for events, and it felt like every driver I had from the airport, every waiter I had, it was always, yeah, you know, got the screenplay, I'm working on my acting. Yep. It's like, it's just, it's That's a whole why, industry. Yeah, if, if anyone asks me what I do, it's, it's usually, oh, I'm an insurance, because no one has a follow-up question to insurance, but if you say an agent, you will inevitably, inevitably leave with some sort of screenplay or headshot. <laughs> and there's just not that much storage space for everything for you. you got, I know. You know. Let so, me tell you. So that being said, obviously you mentioned all the things you miss about being here, but what's the one thing you love the most about L.A.? I'm guessing I know what the answer is going to be, but... Uh, probably what everyone else says, the weather, yeah, right? That's what I would have guessed, it, yeah. Isn't that the highlight? Yeah. So what's the one thing you would change then besides men's fashion? Oh, boy. Besides men's fashion, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, dating out here is horrific. I wish there was a little bit more variety um, in terms of not just with dating, but in general with what people do. I think that it's difficult to meet 
friends, anything out here, um, just because there is such a lack of variety. There's so many people in entertainment, it kind of makes things a little bit boring. Um, I and it's probably, I, and I let me know if I'm overstepping in my assumptions, but you mentioned before, you know, you joked about it, but giving up a personal life, then people hear, oh, I get to go to free games and sit with clients, and they think, oh, well, that's a great personal life, but really, you're not hanging out with your client at a barbecue on a Saturday just for fun, so you still don't have that personal time yourself. Is that fair to yeah, say? Yeah, I mean, you're always working, and there's so much crossover between business and pleasure in this business. Um, you really, you do you have to be careful when you become friends with clients because at the end of the day you still work for them and that's a line that you have to really keep in mind it gets um it gets very blurred at times but you have to you have to keep that in mind um, but at the end of the day you might be doing really fun things but you still you know you still have to be on best behavior you still have to realize that you're with a client who you're representing or you're with a buyer who you're selling to or with someone who you're potentially trying to sign and while of course you always want to be yourself and do your thing and have a great time it's it's business, and so you're you're always working in that kind of situation. Certainly, have you ever ridden the metro out there? No. Mm-mm. And you've been there how many years? I I put my foot down. No metro in L.A. Uh, about five and a half years. Wow, that's it's not crazy. Ha- it's not happening, Mike. It's just not going to happen. I I like to save my public transportation and smell of urine for New York City. All right, keep that for the for the lovely subway. Now, I remember I was there exactly. one time, and my hotel was right near a stop. And I wanted to check out a Lakers game while I was in town, and that's sort of near one of the stops as well. And I thought, man, this is great. This is, and then I got on the train, and there's literally nobody on there. Uh, it's just a ghost mm-hmm. town, every station. And obviously, I knew that no one—it's all driving out there—but I didn't really understand it until I saw it in person. Um, it so. was you, the one kid with the DUI, and four homeless people. That would be my my yeah, guess. Yeah, Larry, Paul, Joanne, and Chuck. Yeah, we became very good friends by the end. Of oh, the- you met Larry. Yeah, he's, great. he's a yeah. nice guy. Um, <laughs> completely off topic. You went to, if I remember, you went to Cuba recently, right? I did indeed. Excellent Facebook stalking. Yeah, no, that that's memory. Elephant's memory. I remember that from when I saw it the first time. Um, and that was like right after the borders opened, didn't it? Tell us what's that experience like? It was, Cuba was such a phenomenal trip. I would so highly recommend that everyone get there as quickly as possible because you can already see that they understand that the American audience is slightly different from any visitors they've had in the past, and they're already trying to change and acclimate. Um, it's certainly like stepping back in time. You know, they don't have the the cars out of a desire to impress tourists. They have them because that's what they had, and they couldn't import any new vehicles. It, it really is a complete a complete and total flashback. And it's just, it's unbelievable. The people are so kind and genuine. The food is amazing. The rum is fantastic. The cigars, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's such an excellent way of life. And the beaches are so gorgeous. And, and I was just shocked by how welcoming and wonderful and jovial and kind the people were after, after living with, you know, under the restrictions that they have been for so long. Uh, that's a, I'm, I couldn't think of a better resounding endorsement from the tourism office itself so that's really i know good. and that that was for free can you imagine if i was getting paid hey um cuba get this lady was, a check break out the break honestly out the book. it was it was truly a remarkable place all right and the last question for you what's the one thing play favorites what's the one thing coming out of your stable of clients soon that we should be checking out that maybe we weren't thinking of give us something to hype up Ooh. 
That's an amazing question. Well, everyone, send in your petitions to get another season of So You Think You Can Dance back. <laughs> we certainly want that. Is there an, official, is there an official hashtag that people have to use? Mm, hashtag Fox Get Your <laughs> Together. Um, uh, what else? Uh, definitely tune in for another season of Crisley Knows Best on USA. That one's very exciting for my clients, Maverick Television. Um, there's just so much kind of good and different and weird stuff coming out in the next in the next six months. I think in Unscripted, we're often seen as the redheaded stepchild, and and yet there's some some really cool stuff. Um, our mutual fan favorite, Peter Rosenberg, just joined the Michael K Show on ESPN, so we're very excited about about that. So please listen to Cheap Heat and and after you've listened to to Mike's podcast. And yeah. um listen to this episode, then ESPN. the episode with Cheap Heat's stack totally. eye Greg from Mike Janella, and then you can listen to Cheap Heat and then you can listen to Michael okay. K show. That's, so yeah. That sounds like an amazing day. <laughs> um just just full of all the joys that life has to offer. Yeah, so I hope there's you have- a there's a ton of great stuff coming out. Awesome. Um, anything else to plug? Any social media? Any stuff you want people to go check out online or anywhere else? Oh, goodness. So, I, social media. Um, no. I think All right. I'm That's good. a good answer. You don't hear that too much in 2015, but it's very refreshing. I know. Honestly, I keep my Instagram private. You know, you got to have a few things in life that are just yours. Good for you. Got to have boundaries. <laughs> I'm shameless um, and I'm the complete opposite, so I admire that out of you. Well, you have an excellent platform to be shameless on, and if I decide to change that after I listen to your podcast, we'll have to uh, put a little editor's note. (laughs) All right. There we go. Perfect, then. (laughs) All right, cool. Courtney, thank you so very much for taking the time. Enjoy these sunny, lovely, uh, perfectly picturesque and stereotypical California weather while we get colder back here in New York. We miss you, and uh, when you're back, definitely uh, let us know. Thanks so much, Mike. I appreciate it. All right, and thanks you guys for listening. Make sure to visit MikeJanella.com to find out all the information on our awesome intro and outro music, plus where to find all the other episodes of The Mike Janella Show you may have missed. Again, thanks so much for listening, and thank you to Courtney Katzel for stopping by. Make sure to check us out next time. Subscribe, download, like us on iTunes, and we'll catch you then. See ya.